This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. Creepshow 2. Weird animation. Why this crime scene is devoid of evidence. Enter if you dare. Welcome to Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we have successfully watched every episode of seminal 80s horror anthology show, Tales from the Dark Side, and now are taking a slight break and watching the Creep Show films. Yay! Yay. Uh, we're not watching three, though, that's correct? Uh, yeah, three really doesn't have anything, any It didn't have any connection with, uh, with uh, Stephen two. King or uh, Romero. Or Romero, yeah. uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, is technically... It, it, is basically yeah, it's, Creepshow 3. Yeah. All right. So we are watching Creepshow 2. We just finished Creepshow 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, today's episode is all about Creepshow 2. Uh, so, Jen, I'm going to let you say some deets. But before I do that, I am Matt Noss with me at the table, my two favorite people in the whole wide world. Please welcome Jen Hansen and Matt Rose. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Hi guys, Matt. Did you just boo yourself? No, I said woo. Oh, I thought you said boo. I thought you were like boo. I, like, hey. I thought, he, I thought uh, he was a sweet ghost. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, for Shocktober. Yes. Shocktober. In the wind, it's the thing. <laughs> Highland appliance. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jen. Creepshow 2, hit us up with some sweet deets. All right. Creepshow 2 came out in 1987. Uh, May 1st, 1987 to be exact. Whoa, that's a weird time. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Three more bone-chilling tales that include a vengeful wooden Native American. Thanks. Thanks, IMDb. (laughs) A (laughs) A monstrous blob in a lake and a hitchhiker who wants revenge and will not die. This film was directed by Michael Gornick, who directed lots of um, episodes of Tales. Yeah. Uh, the stories were written by Stephen King. George A. Romero did the screenplay. And uh, we got different people doing uh, different stuff in the, uh, in the different uh, episodes. Uh, Rick Wakeman did uh, most of the music. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Rick, oh yeah. This was a, a yes fantasy. Um <laughs> Uh, Rick, uh, for the uninitiated who are like, Rick Wakeman, who's that? Number one, thanks for listening to our show. Yeah. Uh, Number two, uh, Rick Wakeman was the keyboardist from Yes. And whenever they talk about like 70s opulence, they always show a picture of Rick Wakeman by 23 keyboards. Yes. While King Arthur and his knights are on uh, ice skates. (laughs) Because he wrote King Arthur on ice. And the music for it was straight up all keyboard. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it was in Canada for like a couple weeks before everybody was like, yeah, no. No, that's that's enough. Nobody wants. Yeah. You are the only one. 
Uh, so like the uh, like the first Creepshow movie, this has um, interstitials, uh, sort of, you know, it's bookended by this, this story of uh, a little kid who just wants to enjoy comic books. Um, this is this one is a cartoon. Uh, well, I guess the last one was a cartoon. Um, it had it had some parts that were cartoons, mm-hmm. but um, the I think began as live action. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I guess let's do it like this. Let's talk about the interstitials right now. Okay. As an entirety. Okay. Okay. All right. And then let's talk about. Then we'll go through each one. Okay. Because I kind of feel like. The interstitials themselves tell such a whisper thin story yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and I have I'm gonna be just saying the same thing ever, over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. So what was the deal with the interstitial? So uh Dominic John played the voice of Billy. This might have been his only credit. Uh Tom Savini played the creep. And Joe Silver was the voice of the creep. Joe Silver was in Rabid. He was in Death Trap. He was in Shivers. He was in uh, a bunch of uh, other stuff. Yeah, I think he worked with Cronenberg a lot, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, let's see. Looking at the description. Oh, okay. So we see a delivery truck pulling up very slowly to a newsstand in small town Dexter, Maine. So man lives... In a small town called Dexter, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of what he believes to be a delivery route, but there is hiding in the back of the truck a demon guy called the Creep, who's just as real and delivering Creep Show magazine. <laughs> it's a Creep Show. It's a Creep, creep Show. show. All right. The truck to the creep show swings open. To reveal, dude, I was like, so this part is so weird. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm like, the first creep show with with the parents yeah. and them wanting to get rid of the comic book, I was in. This was so confusing to me. This felt, so the original creep show, those interstitials especially, felt very 70s to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels super 80s. Yeah. This is very 80s and not as good. No, not. No. Not no, anymore. that, um, but. <sighs> it's near and dear to your heart. It is seems. so near and dear to my heart. And I know we'll get into that, but um, yeah, this came out when I was 10, when we were all 10, I guess. And it was on TV a lot for some reason. I mean, there are, I f- and I forgot there were things in Creepshow, in Creepshow 2, that my brother and I would like say to each other. Uh, we'd call each other like Poncho and Cisco and stuff. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it is definitely not good. So the first the first segment is live action um, creep dropping off uh, issues of creep show. So I had problems right off the bat. Yep. <laughs> this kid is trying to circumvent <laughs> commerce <laughs> <laughs> by just ripping off by just straight stealing the uh, the, first, the magazine. Yeah. The first copy of Creep Show, the back opens up. It reveals. Now here was another thing that threw me off. This is the creep. Yes. No, it's not. No, it's not. He doesn't look great. He no, does he, not. He doesn't. I would have taken 
a hood over everything. Yeah. Not see his face and a pair of glowing eyes inside. Yeah. That yeah. would have worked for me. This is like the thriller video where it's like a dancing zombie. Yeah, yeah. Because there is a point where this creep is like throwing it, throws the stack of creep show comics out there and then looks at Billy and <laughs> puts does like a John Travolta esque ha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like surfs up. <laughs> um. So, uh, Ed French was the original makeup artist for this. Um, and he left the film during the filming of the raft after he was snubbed somehow by uh, Michael Gornick. Um, and then Michael Gornick had turned turned to Howard Berger for advice on how to fix the blob monster in the lake. I guess Ed French. I guess he hated the blob monster that Ed French did. Um, and Ed French was originally supposed to play the role of the creep, but he left the project. So then Tom Savini stepped in to play the role in prosthetics. So I wonder if somehow it would have looked different or better with Ed French. Like, I wonder was, if was it was Ed French, the guy who played the vampire in the circus. Uh, he might have been. I, I was because on the cover of Creep Show 2. Yeah. Is the creep. As I think of them, but the creep that we get—you mean when we when we see the animation, right? And we see that creep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I don't. I, I think that makeup. Yes, he was. Yes. Okay, I thought so. Um, Look at Matt. I, I just remembered the name, and then I remembered that he had done makeup for. Um, mm-hmm for what was it like Terminator Two and stuff? Yep. Yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it would have been really hard to make a human being look like he did in the animated sequences. Like he had giant balls on his chin. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, Howard Berger um, or Berger. Yeah. Uh, went on to found K and B. If I'm not mistaken, with Nicotero and, K&B, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, Kurtzman. I think. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they are legit now. They're the best. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're huge. Well, they they certainly weren't then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I so Billy grabs well once the magazines and the thriller dance move mm-hmm. is over, it goes straight to animation. Mm-hmm. Did Ralph Bashke do this animation? <laughs> no, no. He did who not. did this animation? Uh no one who wants to be known for it, I'm sure. God, it was They list it they list it in the end credits because I was I was looking to see who did it and it was actually a very small crew. I was I was pretty surprised. Oh, it had to be because it looked it's insane. Insane. Like the 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 animation quality s- slowly slid into into madness. It was fine at the beginning. Yeah. And then, but it, the end with the bullies and stuff. Their faces, <laughs> yeah, and hands are like what? chaos. It's just like uh, this a uh, toaster-handed monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just make that brick move. It was. It was. Um, all the subtlety and restraint. That made Creepshow 1's interstitials work. Yeah. They were like, when did Tales from the Crypt air? Tales from the Crypt, I think, started in 89. Okay, yeah. Okay. And I know we kind of talked about this in the last Creepshow, um, the 
the first episode of Creep Show one mm-hmm. that this is more true to the EC comics. Yeah. Um, and then Tales from the Crypt, it's its own thing. I always get this wrong. No, uh, Tales Tales from the Crypt was was very close to the EC comics, often using actual episodes like issues of mm-hmm. Tales from the Dark Side or <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, from the Crypt. Vault of uh Vault of or Haunt of Fear. Haunt Vault of Fear, Fear. Vault yeah. of Fear, yeah. Okay, so Creepshow is a standalone property because they couldn't get access to those. Yes. Yes. But they still do the Hello Kitties thing yeah. mm-hmm. that I really associate with Tales yeah. from the Crypt. Yeah, I mean, he was he was just taking bits and pieces from the Vault Keeper and the Crypt Keeper and all those okay. people. Yeah. So the guy who looked like he was in charge of the animation, Rick Catazone, um, also did the animation for Creepshow and for Evil Dead 2. Oh, wow. And uh, for Xena? Some of some of Xena, maybe? Hmm. Oh, so Visual he, worked, he worked with Raimi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, while, the, uh, while the little kid is reading the Creepshow and we kind of get this, uh, we get all the credits up front, mm-hmm. like a good old-fashioned 80s movie. Yeah. Um, get all the credits up front, and then we get to see panels from it. There are a few panels where I'm just like, is that two Adonises holding each other? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, this is the first time for me seeing the movie, mm-hmm. so I don't know what's Don't know that it's from, teasing from the, the, uh, the right. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked the opening. I, I liked the whole thing. You love it, but I was very... I it's loved confusing. Creep, I loved Creepshow one so much upon first seeing it. Yeah, like I was like, of course, of course, this is a stone cold classic. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a better movie. And obviously. I came yeah. into this with higher expectations, but Matt had warned me. Good, like eh, it's, it's problematic. It's not yeah, the same there are, movie. There are yeah. problems with this one, and yeah. we will get to them. Um, but I didn't also expect. That they were gonna lay on the punishment. Oh God! Oh, oh this yeah. is so pun heavy. Every phrase. Every. <laughs> A haunt to meet you. Meat. M E A T. Flesh. Flesh. <laughs> Kitties. Uh. So the the second uh the second cartoon segment is after. Old Chief Woodenhead, Billy, is at the post office in town receiving a uh, package that he sent away for. Um, $9. $9-COD. What is it? Uh, it is... a Venus flytrap flytrap bulb. Bulbs, yeah. It's like, it eats meat. It eats meat. That kid was weird. That kid creeped I, ooh, me out. If you think that kid's weird, the face of the post office guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> again, again, it's just if you. It, it, well, here's the thing. It was like they asked me to animate it, <laughs> and I cannot draw. I have no concept of how animation should work. His face, like the stills, were fine. Yeah. Like if it was like, but like the movement was like like an acid video, which made me think of like a Ralph Bashke, like yeah, really just like uh, just keep the camera moving. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Just put people at weird angles. 
Uh, so that is pretty much it. He got Venus flytrap bulbs. Um, and so now he is on his way back home from so the post office. Yep. So this is the third interstitial. Yeah, he's reading the raft. Yeah. Uh, this is when he is ambushed by a gang of neighborhood bullies. Uh, can we talk about this gang for yes, a minute? Yes, we have <laughs> to talk about the gang. Oh my God. Yes. <sighs> All right. So who did you think was leading the game? This gang? This yes. gang? You mean L- Land Ursula? <laughs> oh, Ursula? I was, yeah. was going to say Fat Glenn Danzig, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I had was a garbage can with hands. <laughs> <laughs> it was Grimace. <laughs> Thanks, Ronald. Uh, apparently his name is Rhino. Oh, cool. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's it's Rhino, and then there's the redheaded kid who is sort of um. Oh yeah, the bebopper. Yeah, the bebopper because sure. And they call me shades because I'm wearing shades. Yeah, and, and then, then there's, there's the nerd, Poindexter, nerdlinger. And then uh, God, there, there was the, the blonde kid who oh, looked like yeah. a young Republican. Like, yeah, I think he, he was had wearing, like a sweater like, a vest or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Letterman jacket. Yeah, that was such an odd selection of uh i don't think they gave the guy a whole lot of direction yeah we want an assortment of human children (laughs) and is uh, the bully wearing eyeshadow it certainly looked like it that's why it made me think of like yeah that made me think of like or meatloaf from rocky horror yeah okay (laughs) yeah so damn (laughs) mcleese Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even the right song. <laughs> no, it was. Whatever happened to a Saturday night? I hate Meatloaf and Rocky. I don't like Rocky Horror either, but I really hate Meatloaf and Rocky Horror. Well, he's extra awful. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, kill him. Kill yeah. him. <laughs> uh, he also has spurs. Yes. Yeah, he's wearing motorcycle boots and he's got spurs on them. Yeah. Uh, so he takes him, he takes the uh, the box away from Billy, smashes them, smushes the plants, says, oh, look what I did. Um, I'm a bad boy. I'm a boy. bad boy. What are you going to do, grow more pansies like yourself? Uh, and then Billy calls him pimple face and kicks him in the nuts. nuts. Yeah. No. And he, he falls to the- Classic nut shot. Yeah, yeah, definitely classic nut shot. He falls to the ground. Oh, God, this line. No, go ahead. I, I don't remember what the line was. He says, get him. I want his ass. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. The homoeroticism is through Turned the Turned up to 11. I, I want, want that little ass. butt Give in me my mouth. Little I mean, ass. Ass. <laughs> I mean, at the yeah, end I mean, of I my foot. I mean, uh, I want to put wait, my foot yeah. in his butt. <laughs> uh, and so that's the end of the... That one. So then there's the the final resolution of it. Right after the hitchhiker. It's him being chased by the bullies. Mm -hmm. uh, On bikes into a um, junkyard. An abandoned junkyard. I guess like a a junkyard or something. There is a sign on the um, there's a sign on the the, the fence that says keep out by order of Gornick Realty. Uh It's like, oh, Michael Uh Gornick. Gornick did it. Gornick put himself in there. Well, (laughs) these bullies surround little Billy. But little Billy knows, for a reason that no one knows, nope. that this place has real big Venus flytraps. <laughs> well, he's the one who planted them. When did he plant them? 
This wasn't the first package that he got. Oh. Yeah, they were giant Venus flytraps. I he knew they were giant. He had been planting them oh, okay. to, to get the bullies back. They've been bothering him for a while. Oh, I think you have inferred that. I think it's implied. Okay. Oh. That that's, makes that's, sense. That's why he led them there. Because remember, when he was when he was being chased, he stopped his bike. Yeah. Like, he could have kept going, but he stopped his bike because he knew that... And I, I thought that he said that he had been planning them. Does the, um, <coughs> does the post office guy say, say anything like another package or something like that? Mm, I feel like... I don't remember, but I, I, don't I, I, remember thought that. That, I thought that okay. he had said that he had... That, like that that wasn't the first package or okay. whatever. Oh wow. That, that makes more sense. For a while. That I makes had, a lot more sense cuz I never caught that. <clears throat> right. I had missed that completely. Yeah. So I was just like where You were I, paying attention to the the fever dream right yeah. animation. Oh, I was I was going on a vision quest. <laughs> <laughs> My hand was melting into the couch. So the the giant Venus flytraps are now everywhere. There's like four of them that pop out or six or something like that. I think five. Yeah, four. Yeah, let's say four. Sure. Uh, the bullies get eaten. Uh, the Ursula bully gets eaten uh, as Billy smiles and uh, the Venus flytrap spits out a boot at his feet, which is great. <laughs> and then do you want to do it? Giant Venus flytraps. They eat meat. <laughs> he says it is just so. It's it, it was weird. And I mean, he it was definitely a pregnant pause between yeah. eat and meat. And then he made like a weird face. Yeah. And it was like, uh, that, oh, yeah, they that added kid, that kid's garbage. He had. So the actor who plays him in the live action segment looks like everyday kid USA. It looked like Dennis the Menace. Yes, very much Dennis the Menace. And then the animation that they that they use is like, oh, no, this kid is Damien. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's the fucking devil. Yeah. This kid that is that enormous grin. Yeah. Oh yeah. This kid is bad news. Yeah. But it works. But he cleaned up the town. Right. Goodbye, children. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real Pied Piper situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then um it goes back to the uh the creep. Yeah. And the creep's like, well, that's it. And then it goes live action, and he's in the back of the truck, and he's throwing out copies of Creep Show for like four minutes. Yeah, the <laughs> truck drives away into the distance, and I mean, it's a straight shot of the road, and you just see it driving away while the credits go. And Savini is tossing Creep Shows <laughs> the whole time. Can you guys please start using that as a euphemism for jerking off? Oh, I need to toss a Creep Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was tossing mad creep shows last night. I was bored. You know, I was I was doing the best I could, but yeah. then I I couldn't get to sleep, so I just had to toss, had to a, toss creep. a creep show. <laughs> and then I was I was out like a light. Oh yeah, I slept like a baby. I you know, I I, <laughs> I mean it was at least four or five episodes. <laughs> um Did you guys see the text the yeah, at the end of the, the credits? Quote from Collier's magazine. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's that great. was just like be better parents. <laughs> it, it, I, I have it here. Oh shit! Oh, good, it says good. juvenile delinquency is the product of pent up frustrations, stored up resentments, and bottled up fears. It is not the product of cartoons and captions. But the comics are a handy, obvious, and uncomplicated scapegoat. 
if the adults who crusade against them would only get esteemed up over such basic causes of delinquency as parental ignorance, indifference, and cruelty, they might discover that comic books are no more a menace than Treasure Island or Jack the Giant Killer. Collier's Magazine, 1949. There it is. Don't hate comics. That's well, right. I mean, the, yeah. the comics code basically led to the end of EC Comics. What's the comics code? Uh, the comics code was... Uh, I'm blanking on the psychiatrist's name. Um, I think it was Wortham. Um, he wrote this book that talked about how comics were leading to uh, juvenile delinquency and uh, a rise in you know juvenile crime and whatever. And he even testified before Congress. <clears throat> and it led to the voluntary comics code which all comics adopted, or I should say mm. almost all comics adopted. Uh, and you could tell that the yep. comic matched the comic code because it had a little white it symbol. It still has them to this day. Does it really? Approved by the Comics Code Authority? That's yeah. the st- that's the st- stamp that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allowed the comic publishers to self-regulate the content of comic books in the United States. Its code, comically, commonly called the Comics Code, lasted until the early 21st century. Many have linked the CCA's formation to a series of Senate hearings and the publication of psychiatrist Frederick Worthman's book, Seduction of the Innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, one of the things that also drew, conclu- or, um, drew connections with was uh, the rise in homosexuality because of comics like Batman, ah. because of the older man, younger boy relationship. Yeah. Same thing with like the Green Hornet and... Uh, uh, Green Arrow and stuff like that. Oh. Like they had, you know, young boy, uh, you know, characters yeah. that were always helping them out or whatever. And they, he talked about how the the homoeroticism um, of that led to the corruption of children. That's fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. uh, the the book, um, the Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, mm-hmm. uh, written by Michael Chabon, mm-hmm. um, goes goes over the comics code quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it, if, if you haven't read that book... We really have it on the book. shelf. Ted read it. I haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah, it's good. You should read it. Okay. Um, it says, By the early 2000s, publishers bypassed the CCA and Marvel Comics abandoned it in 2001. Mm-hmm. By 2010, only three major publishers still adhered to it. DC Comics, Archie Comics, and Bongo Comics. Yep, I was going to say Archie. Yeah, still Bongo broke with the CCA in 2010. DC and Archie followed in January 2011. Rendering the code completely defunct. Though, I mean, there were a lot of things that they still were able to get away with because the the CCA um, really loosened loosened their grip, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Well, let's take a break. Okay. Uh, We'll come back. We'll get a scale for this one. Okay. And then uh, we'll talk about the first uh, the first vignette. Yeah. Old Chief Woodenhead. We'll be back with more transmissions. After this, there will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten, when humanity will rise from the ashes of nuclear holocaust, when wizards will rule the world. 20th Century Fox presents Wizards, a futuristic fantasy epic born in the mind of Ralph Bakshi, the master of animated magic. It is the story of two brothers, Avatar and Black Wolf, powerful wizards and mortal enemies from the day they were born. 
Avatar, the good, who rules the peaceful kingdom of Montagar with wisdom. Science and technology were outlawed millions of years ago. And magic. Black Wolf, the future Fuhrer. Attention! Behold! Who rediscovers the ancient secrets of propaganda. Technology. And war. And Did somebody order something from King? <laughs> in Wizards, you will also meet the lovely Princess Eleanor, the loyal elf, Weehawk, and Peace, Black Wolf's evil robot henchman, who is transformed into an avenging instrument of justice. Wizards is a Tolkien world of fairies and elves, Sorcerers and demons. It is shot ten million years from now against strange and huge panoramic settings. And it is more fantastic, more enchanting, and more powerful than anything you've seen before. Wizards, the ultimate futuristic fantasy epic. And we're back. That was one hell of a freak out. Have you? So you guys have never no, seen I've it? No, I've never seen it. Oh man, that movie is insane. It looks like it. Um, for one, this was before they had PG thirteen, mm. and it didn't qualify for an R. But there are scenes of extreme violence, beheadings, people getting shot and bleeding to death. Oh wow! Like it's it's not a kids movie, even though it's got like goofy noises and wizards and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and one of the voices of an elf, I think, was Mark Hamill. Oh wow! Oh yeah, that um, that whole thing just seemed like, man, it, what a different time the seventies was. This movie came out in seventy seven, I guess. Yep. Mm, yeah. And it's like that trailer is all dialogue. It is explaining yeah. this weird world. Like, yeah, does this seem interesting to you? Yeah. <laughs> what if I say it like this? Wizards. You'll meet Griselda, <laughs> the hot big titted mermaid. Who? You'll meet Elfkin, the hot big titted Elfkin. <laughs> You'll meet Big Titty Elda, the <laughs> the big titted elder of the ancient race of Titalia, <laughs> the big titted people. <laughs> You'll meet Grothar, the horse man who has big 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 titties. He's more titty than ho- it's. It he doesn't travel because his big titties encumber. You'll see sackcloth, the, the man with the penis that needs to be held in a sackcloth. Experience Loto, the flying booby. <laughs> Only from the mind of Ralph Bakshi. Wiener ween. Are you freaking out yet? <laughs> Drop some acid. Watch this propaganda video. And then enjoy <laughs> this penis. <laughs> it's not animated. It is it's just, just a, a penis. Just a flaccid penis that will be on screen for four-fourths of the <laughs> What's that? Wait, the how much is four-fourths again? <laughs> the whole movie. Okay, great. Just... It's always there. Look for it. Find it. 
It's sometimes it's hiding because it's naughty. <laughs> sometimes it's hiding because it's shy. But it's always there. <laughs> All right, Jen, <laughs> we are back. Um, please give us a scale for the interstitials. Okay. Um, how many? Um, how many giant Venus flytraps would you give the um, this uh, bookend material? Five. I give it six. I'd give it six. All right. It's yeah, fine. It, it yeah. does. I mean, it does what it needs to do. It's not too Not as long. good as the original. It doesn't overstay its welcome too much, but I was like, I really liked in the first one how it just really flowed on the page to the next one. Yeah. And let's go. Yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't have the stylistic choices right. that the first one did, like mm-hmm. where when something happens, like someone freaks out, the the cell isn't yeah. blue or red or orange or something like that. It's just like, hey, a guy's freaking out. Yeah. Oh, there's a giant Indian, like wood Indian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of giant wood Indian, the first vignette, Old Chief Woodenhead. Mm-hmm. Jen, can you give us some sweet deeds? Sure. Uh, this is Old Chief Woodenhead starring George Kennedy as Ray Spruce. Uh, George Kennedy uh, was a character actor in a million things. He was in a ton of westerns. Uh, he was in all of the Naked Gun movies. That's how I know him. Yeah, that's how I know him, too. Which is, which is funny, since he was in this and then Leslie Nielsen was yeah, in the first yeah. one. Yeah, uh, yeah. was also in Dallas. He was in Young, Young and the Restless. He also uh, was in World War II, uh, won two bronze stars, and served under General Patton. Oh wow! Yeah, holy! Crap. I was I was gonna be like he was in Cool Hand Luke, but yours is <laughs> yours is. Much he was better. also in Cool Cool Hand Luke, but with that's... the "Get Mad at Them Eggs" speech, I believe that. Was <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, uh, Martha Spruce, his wife, was played by Dorothy Lamore. Ooh, which is crazy. We talked about Dorothy Lamore, haven't we? Uh, I don't know that we have. There might have been some other famousy women. I don't know that she'd been in any of the other tale stuff. Um, but she was in many, if not, if not all of the Bob Hope, Bing Crosby road movies. She was one of wow. the, uh, paramount, um, darlings. She was the jungle princess and was known as like the woman in the sarong or something like that in like the thirties and forties. Um, if you look at pictures of her from like the forties, she's fucking gorgeous. Um, she is like incredibly beautiful. Um, Frank Ciseldo was Ben Whitemoon. Uh, he is a veteran character actor, a lot of Indian chief roles. Uh, Holt McKelney was Sam Whitemoon. Uh, he was in Mindhunter. He, we'll get to it. Uh, he was in Mindhunter. He was in Sully. He was in Fight Club. He was uh, born uh, in the States. He was raised in Nebraska, went to school in Ireland, and is decidedly not an Indian actor. <laughs> no. Not, not even, even a little bit. Uh, David Holbrook played Fatso Gribbons. Uh, he only has six credits, uh, but he is the son of actor Hal Holbrook, oh, uh, oh, who was in Creepshow One. When I heard the name, I was I was wondering if yeah. there was a connection. Yeah. Uh, Don Harvey played Kavanaugh, uh, which made me just laugh so much when this <laughs> came up that the dude's name was Kavanaugh. It's like, yeah, this is the the early stories of. Uh, 
the early adventures <laughs> of Kavanaugh. Uh, he attended uh, U of M. Uh, then he went to Yale Drama. He's been in a, lots of stuff. He was in um, The Untouchables, Eight Men Out, Casualties of War. And then Dan Kamen was Old Chief Woodenhead. Uh, he has a few credits, but then he's got this like comedy in motion program and website. Um, picture a nervous keynote speaker. His unsuspecting audience tries to stifle their laughter as things start to go horribly wrong for him. The catastrophes escalate until the hapless speaker is appalled to find his lectern collapsing and his clothing coming apart at the scenes. Next, picture a beautiful dancing couple, the man in tails, and wait, is that elegant beauty actually a lifelike doll? She is, and she has some definite ideas of her own about the relationship. Finally, picture a crowded arts festival. All at once, people become aware of a well-dressed man gliding along at just a fraction of normal speed. A businessman from the Twilight Zone? Not at all. Welcome to the surprising world of Dan Kamen. Here you'll find out why Hollywood producers, symphony orchestras, major corporations, theaters, and arts presenters worldwide seek out Dan Kamen. Come on in. You'll get the picture. This is from dankamen.com. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. If you've ever seen a drive through window... <laughs> That opens and the bag's already hanging out of the window. That's Dan Kamen. <laughs> <laughs> if <laughs> your dog is lost, woof woof. No, he's not. Dan Kamen. He might be a Dan Kamen. Uh, if you have more refrigerators on then your wives, <laughs> you, you might, might be a Dan, Dan Kamen. If you put on your legs one shoe at a time... You might be a Dan Kamen. <laughs> put on your shoes one leg at a time? Nope. Uh, if you got call after call from creditors hounding you for your steak bill... <laughs> your steak bill? You might be a Dan Kamen. Dan Kamen. <laughs> you know, man lives... Uh, in um, possibly the 40s? But as actually the 80s. Well, we'll figure that out. Well, <laughs> in a general store. In a dusty, dried up town. But there is. Unseen by most. A Native American statue. Called Old Chief Woodenhead. A creep show. A creep show. <laughs> a real creep show. The wheels are falling off this bit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels from this bit fall off. <laughs> and the comic book reveals... Old Chief Woodenhead. Spruce's General Store. I believe this is set in, like, the 40s. Everybody has those old cars. He has a trans uh, Yeah, no, it's he. they were watching a color TV. Um, he has a trans Am. <clears throat> he has a trans Am. Oh, God, that's right. Or a firebird. He had a firebird. firebird. That's right. Okay. And, and he has a shotgun. Matt, they like, had, they had, shotgun. they had the shotguns 40s. in the 40s. Not like this one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a 1980s shotgun if I've ever seen one. All right. Okay. Yeah, I guess I I was not paying. T- I, when it started, I was like, okay, this must be old timey because look at all of the. It definitely is. Um, Model T's or whatever they were driving around. <laughs> what were those? I'm not good at cars. <laughs> I work for an automaker. All I know is uh, there ain't no jobs in a no job town. That's right. Yeah. I, I, we were just shy of seeing tumbleweeds yes. blow across the street. 
Jimmy and crack corn and I don't care. Yep. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. As long as Jimmy gives me some of that crack corn. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it was, yes. it, was, it was something. It was something um, like that. Time for a touch-up, old Chief Wooden Head. Yes. So he gets out the can of paint and he starts applying um, war paint, so to yep. speak, to the chief. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys saw the chief moving like yes. a million oh, the times. Time. Yeah, okay, the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. And s- that was originally listed as like a goof, but it's it's purposeful. So you know he was always alive. You could see those little movements and stuff. I thought the makeup on the chief, like the chief as the, the cigar store Indian, I thought he looked really cool. I thought he bad. looked. I thought he looked really good. Um, I wanted nothing more than them to switch back between a wooden one. I I would have liked that, yeah. And, yeah. and the live one because because I felt it would have added more more to the magic, more to to the magic, yeah. yeah. And I also liked that Ray was not disrespectful to his cigar store Indian. Mm-hmm. He they were buddies. Clearly, he's been having conversations with this and taking taking care of him, mm-hmm. making sure his paint is is up for to years, for years, for decades. Yeah, now. I was gonna say decades. And we yeah. know this because uh, Ray's wife Martha comes out, mm-hmm. and you know what? It's time to have the talk. Yeah, there ain't no jobs in this no job town. <laughs> Dead River is just that. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Why did we save all this money if we ain't going to use it? And if we stay here, there won't be any money. Yeah, yeah. there won't be money to leave the grandkids. grandkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been four days since they've had a paying customer, and it's been four weeks since they've had a customer that used credit. Yeah, just quit. She wants him to close the store. He... He loves it so much. It helped them get married. It sent the girls to school. It's helping them to give money to the grandchildren. So they're kind of there's some back and forth. While this is happening, um, we see uh, the wife points out there's there's Benjamin Whitewood in his chauffeur driven limousine. Uh, yeah. Was it a limousine? No, I think it was just a car. He it was, was just riding. a regular old Cadillac. <laughs> a car that someone else was driving him around. Yeah, in. it was just a turquoise Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, out comes Chief Whitehead. Uh, Is that his name? Uh, no, White Benjamin Benjamin White or White Moon. White, White Moon. White Wood. White Moon. White Moon. Yes, I wrote down White Wood originally, but it is White Moon. Okay, sorry. No, it's okay. So out pops Chief White Moon. Yes. And I tried to write it phonetically, but I feel like I wrote it wrong. But it sounds like he gives a greeting. He does, and it's like a koina. I, I don't know. I, I wrote down the Yatahe part. <laughs> Yatahe, chief. Mm-hmm. And um, he's here for business. Yeah. And he's here for business with Ray. So, oh, wait, no, this is later. Never mind. Because he, he nods at the chief and the chief nods at him slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they go inside and Ben is ashamed that so many of his people owe Ray so much money. So <clears throat> he pulls out a bag and he puts it on the counter and he un- unrolls the bag mm-hmm. and it is full of turquoise and silver that the people in his community have given to him to give to Ray as collateral for all the money they owe. Uh, he, he, he gave it a specific name, but I honestly... I, uh, the Chachimba, I believe. The Alina. 
the Chachimba is what I wrote down. <laughs> that could be all wrong. Um, and yeah, all the people offered one of their most cherished treasures. Keep them until all of our debts are paid. If we can't pay in two autumns, they're mm-hmm. yours. Yes. Now, Ray, Ray's character, uh, you know, this character of Ray, mm-hmm. real sweetheart. Yeah. Man yeah. of the people. It is no surprise that the people from the tribe are doing this for Ray. Mm-hmm. But Ray doesn't want any part of it because he knows how important it is to, to them. these yeah. to them. But Benjamin explains that um his people don't want to be beggars, they want to be borrowers. Yeah, so it's, if it's bad to borrow, worse to beg. Yes. So wants to make sure that they have the option of paying him back and it makes them uh feel better. Uh and and to her credit Martha admits that she was wrong about his people. So this was sort of a nice This is a really yeah. really nice scene and he, the chief says, you know, you cannot give them back. It would be that would be that would be a dishonor. Insulting. Yeah, would that be would be even insulting. worse. Yeah, just put it in a in a safe and don't think about it type yeah. type of conversation. And then uh, they go outside. The statue's moving all over, over the place. place. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got to admit, this guy's probably in the scratchiest, stiffest, hottest costume right that's yeah. ever yeah. been. And they but, put him outside. But come on, hold hold still, buddy. Dan, you created comedy in motion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is funny because outside, um, uh, Chief White Moon does say, you know, I hope this is the start of bringing this town, bring this back, town back to yes. life. Now, I don't know how this happens. I don't know why this happens. There must be a back entrance to this general store. I, I do want to make one note before we go there that Ray tells the chief <clears throat> after Ben leaves and they nod at each other. He says, I'll finish your war paint tomorrow, chief. That's a promise. Yes. I, I wanted to put that in there because it's mm, important. Yeah, it does, is important. That, yes, you're right. So back door. We There has to be a back door because we are entering a segment that I titled Beer and Cultural Sensitivity. (laughs) (laughs) So did you guys notice that when uh, Martha and Ray walk back into the store, it is like three hours later? Yes. Yes. It's dark. It's dark in there. Yeah. Which is, I was like, what happened? It's dark in the store, which was just lit. Was there supposed to be a time? No, they walked immediately back in. That's why I thought it was so weird. Because it was still like dusk Mm -hmm. when they were out talking to Ben and and the chief. Um, And then they walk back inside and it's fucking 9.30 p.m. Yeah. I was was like, what is happening? And then we meet the bullshit gang. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sam, Sam White Moon, the beautiful Sam White Moon. Fatso Gribbons and Kavanaugh. So I didn't know what the guy's name was, Mm -hmm. but I wrote Fatso because I was almost positive that's what his name was going to be. Yeah. And then, hey, look at that. I was right. Yeah. Subtle writing, George Romero. (laughs) Now, Fatso is a really subtle character. (laughs) Like every nuance of him. (laughs) Did you ever see, I know you saw RoboCop, but do you remember the one character, um, I forget what his name was, but 
he shriek laughs anytime he does anything in yes. the movie. That's that's the subtle delivery that Fatso now, had. Who's the little... Oh, go ahead. Now, here's the thing with Fatso. Because I really, if I were in college and they were like, write a character study, mm-hmm. I would choose Fatso. <laughs> <laughs> because, number one, they put the best accoutrement on him. He is wearing a hat that says bullshit <laughs> with a turd from the between the L's coming down and forming a pile of poop on his hat. How did I miss that? I don't know how I missed that either. Guys. I oh my god. It's that giant TV, Matt. You're getting you're getting the full oh, experience. I'm getting that whole experience. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up while we're talking here. Another thing of, of the subtlety and the nuance of Fatso is much like um okay, I'm going to cut this part out. Who uh, who is in Fight Club? It's um, Brad Pitt. Okay. Oh, yes. Much like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, who is eating in every shot. Fatso is too. Yes. I I made a note of that. I did notice that, yeah. It is unbelievable. And he is like mowing on like... Cheetos, licorice, and, and yeah, Twinkies. Just, and he's just grabbing anything that looks edible and shoving it in his maw. They're kind of greasers. He Th- he threatens to shove his dick in his mouth and in uh, yeah in Ray's mouth at one point. He does. I'm I was super confused as I'm looking at this gang right now, um, and trying to find the bullshit hat so that I can show it to you guys. That's why I wrote like this is a this is beer in the culturally culturally sensitive yeah. thing. I just wrote, oh shit, racist bad guys are here. I wrote, oh, red face. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. I can't wait. Uh, uh yeah, okay. So Sam Holt. McCallany is Sam White Moon. It is so. This is a white actor, a white Irish actor, playing um, playing a Native American, and it is it is now uncomfortable to watch. It is very uncomfortable, and I was like, God, I don't know what to do, but just to keep watching. Mm-hmm. But there is a scene that I called "Fuck your potatoes." <laughs> <laughs> Because they are, I know which tra- that is. They yeah. are trashing this general store. Yeah, and they get to this thing of t- potatoes, and they're like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sam starts monologuing, heavy, mm-hmm. heavy duty. You're a disgrace to your people. Well, well, no, that's Ray tells Ray. Him oh, disgrace. Ray, Ray. Oh, I'm Ray's sorry. Ray's monologuing yes. back, but Sam lays on. Oh, is it when he sees the camera booth and he goes in and takes his picture? He takes his own picture. Yeah. And he's like, I'm ready for Hollywood. Look and at this sweetheart. He is he is face-fucking himself in the yeah. mirror. <laughs> he says, I'm going to be the hair between their, their legs. legs. A million women waiting to run this hair between their legs. This hair is going to get me paid and laid. Look at this sweetheart. Tell me I'm not a movie star. As soon as I see this hair, they're going to say, Sam, get in front of these cameras. He was like, it went on forever. Yeah, it, it did. did. It did. 
Now, now there is an interesting allusion to Samson mm-hmm. from Samson and Delilah, uh, where Samson gets his hair cut and he loses all of his power. His name or, is even Sam. Right. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to our good friend Sam here. Yeah. That took him nine years to grow that hair. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, luckily, old Fatso is chowing on a blow pop. Um, did you notice that he he saw some creep show comics and smacked them off yes. the shelf? He even talks about Samson and Delilah. Uh, he he's what's the name of that guy? Yeah, who's what, real strong with his hair, but then that broad cuts his hair off and he's all yeah. weak. Yeah. Do you think I'm better looking than him? <laughs> and then, uh, hey, rich boy, go get the Firebird. Yeah. He's got a fucking firebird that's going to fly us all to Hollywood. Like, he is so weirdly intense. Right. <laughs> now, go, go get your car, Kavanaugh. We're all in this together, Kavanaugh. It's like, oh, all right. Now, this is when he grabs Maud. Martha. 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 <laughs> this is when she grabs Martha. Maud would not put up with this shit. <laughs> right. No, not at all. She would have been shot right yeah. out the gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just like. Is he now into old pussy? Like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? And then it's getting heated. Mm-hmm. The exchange between Ray, Martha, and Sam is escalating. Fatso's no help. He's got a mouthful of blow pop. Yeah. The lackeys are like, are like, there's nothing else here. Let's get out of here. But no, uh, he wants, Sam wants the bag of treasure that his uh his uncle bro- brought over he said it's ten thousand dollars worth of silver and stone it's keys to the city of la well didn't he want martha's purse first he wanted martha's purse then they were yeah but but the last thing he asked for was the um the bag of treasures oh right right yeah. right 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 um so a a fight breaks out sort of a a, a right. light fight um, and oh, he you ends mean, up. You mean we're fat, so lightly pause at Ray to get something yeah, from him? Yes, like a cat, yeah. like a cat knocking a, a cup off the the shelf. Uh, and yeah, so uh, he shoots. Sam shoots uh, Martha. No, when this <laughs> happened, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, oh, you mean where he shoots her, and then suddenly there's just some tomato sauce <laughs> smeared on her shirt. Well, he shoots her, and nothing happens, and they cut away, and then they cut <laughs> And b- they cut back. back. And it's like, and she slowly, uh, this was the slowest death I have ever seen. From a where, point blank shotgun yes. wound to the side? Yeah. yeah, where she just kind of like slowly. <laughs> She's standing for a good 30 yeah. seconds after being she totally nailed yeah. by by this shotgun. And we when we say point blank, we are not kidding. It was he in a ribs. Yeah. He was right next to her yeah shoots her she doesn't even make a noise Mm -hmm. she just slowly sits down on a sack of potatoes fuck your potatoes (laughs) now um there's nothing left for uh ray to do except get shot as well yep yeah so he gets shot he falls on top of the sack of potatoes as well and then sam starts to turn on fatso who barfs? Who barfs? Yeah. Oh, he ralphs yeah. immediately. Uh, so Sam grabs the uh, the silver and turquoise and threatens Fatso. Um, you know that basically he'll kill him if he ever says anything. Fatso's like, "Hey, dude, no, I, I'm guilty here too." 
And Sam's like, well, you're obviously coming with us to Hollywood. Duh, you idiot. I got to have my slave with me wherever I go. Yeah. Now, Yikes. Sam has no idea how Hollywood works. No. no. Sam's idea of how Hollywood works is how an InfoWars believer <laughs> believes Hollywood. <laughs> oh, to make it in Hollywood, you have to be a murderer sycophant. You have to grow your hair for nine years. <laughs> and then you have to murder someone, a blood sacrifice. Like a blood sacrifice. And then you need a sack full of $10,000 worth of silver and turquoise. <laughs> Oh, and then you need to send him over to me. I just uh, <laughs> and I'll give you some real man Hollywood pills. Alex, how are you even on? Didn't, hey, they, man. Blo- didn't they block you from everything? We can't. Sn- no, we have to cut you off. I'm yeah. sneaking on, on any we're podcast. On I can. We're on Spotify now. They will yeah, kick us off. They will. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. <laughs> oh God, we are legit. How do we do that? Uh by submitting. Anyway, <laughs> they leave. They leave this place that is just riddled with clues that lead to them. Yeah. <laughs> he took his own picture there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, there's no negatives in this photo booth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fatso touches everything in the store and then vomits. <laughs> so, you know, there are... There are Six foot long black hairs. <laughs> well, we're looking for a gorgeous woman or Sam White Moon. It's, I mean, let's be honest. Oh, who was the picture? Sam White Moon. Great. <laughs> the cops are just like, well, we'll never solve this one. Oh, if he's on his way to Hollywood by now. <laughs> I mean, they never ask questions in Hollywood. Um, he leaves. And I'm like, uh oh. Well, so they, um, Kavanaugh pulls the the Firebird up. Yeah. Fatso and Sam go outside, and Sam figures now's a good time to just unload the shotgun on the front of the store. Yeah. This so also yeah. he he shoots all the windows out and then points the shotgun at Chief. Um, shoots I don't know. the paint can. <clears throat> yeah, shoots the paint can. And the paint splatters all over Chief, uh, and that's when they hop in the car and, I don't know, like, do a donut or something and drive away. Oh, yeah, they they, they peel out of there. And, and they're all going to go back to their collective houses. And then they're going to Hollywood tonight. tonight. Get your stuff. We're leaving tonight. Get your fucking shit together. So I love I love how, because the, the first person that we see um, after this is Fatso. Mm-hmm. In his trailer. Well, one more thing before we get there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yep. <laughs> the howling. Yes. yes. <laughs> Is that Chief Woodenhead notices what has happened, dips his fingers into the paint, gives himself some new war paint. Mm-hmm. And then what I was expecting to be like a racist kind of like Apache, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I'm not even gonna do it. Yeah, you right. know, thank you. You yes. were right. You were right to make that choice. Yeah, you know what it is, but he doesn't do that. No, no. instead it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's this weird wolf cry. Like it was, it was on par with the uh, the Darth Vader. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wrote howl. Yeah, <laughs> vengeance. This RV. The first place the, I go the trailer is Fatso's. Is Fatso's. Mm-hmm. I the, love how his idea of getting ready is eating food out of the fridge. Yeah, eating food and looking at stag pictures. Yeah, 
I write down in my mind, oh, well, this is straight out of Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a dirtier place it's in really my life. It's really gross, yeah. So, to be fair, they uh, they did do the set dressing well. Yeah. yeah. He sits down to watch, to be the first person who's watching the Cisco kid. Yeah. Yes. And then... Thwip, Arrows start flying. Thwip, thwip, thwip. One hits. Another hits, and they show Eddie, and the trooper, from... Yeah. <laughs> From Iron Maiden. Maiden. I'm like, they, they show a couple like band posters and 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 um pictures from the the aforementioned stag <clears throat> magazines, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to Fatso with an arrow through his head. I think it was an arrow through his head, and then one through his throat, and one through yep. his chest. He's dead as shit. Yeah, as folks. Now we jump to now we're at I, I did I did want to point one thing out that it when f- they show Fatso. There's a squealing guitar. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Where it was like a like a nineties juice box commercial for kids. <laughs> Where like three of them are on skateboards, one of them does a trick, and then a squealing guitar. Yeah. It was And then they turn into the same liquid from Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly the one I was thinking of. Very good. We jumped to Kavanaugh's house where his parents are watching the, Cisco the, the Cisco kid. Yeah. Uh, And we know he's rich because they have a garage door opener. That is correct. (laughs) That's how you know he's very wealthy. He hears some rumblings from the garage. Some some noises, sounds like glass maybe Mm -hmm. broke. And uh, he goes there to see his his car has been demolished. And I write tomahawk. (laughs) Uh, You see, instead of seeing the murder, you just see uh, a shadow on the wall. I actually really liked. I did too. This Um, one was great. Yeah, murdering him with a with a hatchet. Or a tomahawk, I guess, yes. And then, this was a really weird audio choice to me. For the noise of the garage door closing, instead of using just an actual garage door, Mm -hmm. they used the noise that Ripley's robot loader in Aliens makes. (gasps) Yeah, like... If you listen to it, you'll be like, oh, yep, no, that is exactly that noise. I also, I found that to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it's now a jump over to Sam's place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is the part where I guess we find out that I, I guess Sam thinks he's really good looking. Yeah. <laughs> because he goes on like another minute and a half rant about how beautiful he is. Yeah. Look at your look at your wig, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. I, he, he might as well be just rubbing one out. Yeah. Into the glass. Well, he's I mean, honestly, he's probably dry now. Yeah, he's oh. he's probably he's probably pumped enough out. But uh, he turns around from the mirror and sees the chief. Chief has come through the front door, and he's so, got a knife. Yeah, Sam. I think shoots him. Yes, and, he starts and shooting at him. Bullets are out. Chief keeps coming. He uh, Sam runs into the bathroom. The chief busts down the wall, mm-hmm. rips him out of it, pulls him by the hair. Yeah, I, I actually really liked this shot because they showed yep, it. They above. shoot it from above, and you see Sam get pulled from the one room through to the other. Yep, uh, and then uh, the chief lifts his arm with his knife, comes down, and then it's a black cut. It's yeah, just a black st- cut. Uh, and then it's the next morning, and Benjamin ben wakes up yep. in his flap he, in his flap PJs. Yes. 
Um, um, the, the kind of PJs that you would imagine Jordy Verrill wearing. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, and he wakes up next to, I guess, a bunch of chickens and his trinkets. Yes, the bloody rewards of his people. Yes. Uh, he drives over to uh, the general store where Old Chief Woodenhead is, and he's holding the scalp. And his still dripping. Still, still dripping, and his war paint is fresh. A corner, Chief. Now May your spirit rest, old warrior. Yeah. Scene. Scene. Pretty darn good. We'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. I'm looking at you, and I like what I see. That super cuts looking good, looks easy to me. Oh, they love what they do. I can tell it's super cuts. I guess that's why they do it so well. That's why I want to let them do it for me now. And now I'm looking at me. Wow. That is one hell of a commercial. If I love I love when the one woman turns into a cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it has a take real, on me. It yeah. has a real uh, uh, feel. This uh if you've not seen Supercuts commercial 2 1986. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> All right, Jen, give us a scale for old Chief Woodenhead. Um, okay. Uh, scale of one to ten bullshit hats. How many bullshit hats would you give this episode? Matt? As problematic as there are... Okay, let me just say this before we do the rating. If if um, Sam was played by a Native American actor... Would mm. that have changed your opinion of this episode? And if so, is that is that just because of this being 1987 and that not being as problematic then as it is now? I won't. I won't lie. Having the having the red face is is one of my primary concerns mm-hmm. with the episode. Um. If I were to discount who played the role, let's mm-hmm. say that they gave it to like Wes Studi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that would take away my problems with that aspect of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that all things considered, I'd probably give it an eight. I'm in I'm in an eight as well. I am also at an eight. I do agree that there is a part of it. That is as problematic as Looney Tunes cartoons. Right. Yeah. Um, I was glad to not see a war cry during it. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, or, you know, things that are like really, really awful cliches like mm-hmm. wampum yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, if 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 you were to have like a, you know, like they do with the Looney Tunes cartoons, cartoons now yeah. like if you bought the collection it would say like these are very much a product of their, their time yep. yeah yeah this is very much a practice that we need to know existed but not replicate in the future right mm-hmm. yeah. um if you go in with that it's eight with that if you don't go in with that then it almost becomes a don't bother yes yeah, yeah. i think so it's if you can if you can 
if you can deal with the fact that this this is over 30 years old. Yeah. Which is incredible when you think about it like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 30? Yeah. Holy crap. 87. Oh my god. 97, 2007, yeah, yeah. 2017, 2018. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We need to go to Supercuts. <laughs> <laughs> we are old people. You can get in contact with our show at T from the Dark Side on Facebook and Twitter. No. You can get in contact with our show at T from the Dark Side at Facebook.com slash T from the Dark Side or Instagram. Our Twitter handle is TFTDSPod. That is also our dot com address tftdspod.com mm-hmm. and if you like email you can send us an email at t from the dark side at gmail.com we are now on spotify that is 100 percent correct Woo! so we are on every major platform uh, i would also like to say if for um the rest of um the episodes we're gonna have two more creep show two episodes and if you would like to follow along watching creep show two those episodes are um, Creep Show Two is available for free on YouTube in its entirety. Uh, for free mm-hmm. in its entirety? Yes, which is how I watched it today. I watched it on Shutter. Yeah, I watched it on Shutter. Oh, as I well. didn't know it was on Shutter yep. as well. It okay, is on Shutter as well. Great. Even them titties. Even them titties. <laughs> Guys, am I forgetting anything? Try, try to, to enjoy try the, the day. Titties? I'll try to enjoy the Creep Show. Yay! Yay! We'll see you. Bye. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the Dark Side. And on Twitter at TFTDS pod. Email us at tfromthedarkside at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight.